Chapter 30, 35 speaks of Yaakov's return to Beit El. Yaakov had taken a vow. Back in chapter 28, if you care for me, if you protect me, I will come back to this place and this pillar that I have erected shall become the house of God, Beit Elohim. And now in chapter 35, God speaks to Yaakov, Kum Beit El v'shev sham, go up to Beit El, stay there, and build an altar to the God who appeared to you when you ran away from your brother Esav. So God reminds Yaakov of the whole story of Yaakov's fleeing from Esav, Yaakov's safe return. And now Yaakov has to fulfill his vow. Go to Beit El, stay there. Stay there means preparation. And Yaakov instructs the family, change your clothing, purify yourself, says Yaakov, I will go to Beit El, and I will build a Mizbeach to the God who has responded to me in my time of trouble, Beitzarati. So it refers to all the troubles that Yaakov had. Yaakov had trouble in the house of Lavan, and especially upon his return, and God reminds him, God has kept God's part of the bargain. So Yaakov goes to Beit El. Here there's a very strange verse I wanted briefly to speak about, chapter 35, verse number 8. The Torah says that Yaakov uh, returns to Beit El. He called the name of the place in the seventh verse, El Beit El, for there God had appeared to him when he, when he ran away from his brother. He first left home. He was running away from Esau. He went to sleep in a place. And that's where he had the vision. And that's where he made his vow and his promise. Now he is fulfilling the vow. And the next pasuk, the next verse is very strange. Tvora, Rebecca's nursemaid died and she was buried under the tree in Beit El. And they called the place Alon Bachut. Bachut is weeping, the tree of weeping. It is very strange that the Torah here includes, informs us about the death of Rebecca's nursemaid. What's strange about it is that the Torah never informed us about the death of Rebecca. Rivka's death is not, and we're told later that she died. But when she died, we do not know. She may have died well before Yaakov came home. Yaakov never sees his beloved mother again, so he's not in the text. But Devorah, Meneket Rivka, is mentioned. And now the question is, of course, how does one respond to this quite strange verse? And I think that one can read the verse uh, in, in two very different ways. One can read the verse that, in effect, uh, the Torah is indirectly referring to Rivka. For whatever reason, it doesn't mention Rivka's death, perhaps because the Torah wanted to accentuate the tragedy of Jacob. Jacob has, in effect, a tragic life. 
The people most dear to him, he loses. His mother was one. His beloved Rachel is a second. His beloved Joseph is a third. For most of Jacob's life, his beloved son is, is not there. The previous chapter was the rape of Dina. He ends up in the land of Egypt. He's tricked and cheated by his father-in-law, who's also his uncle. He said it himself. When Pharaoh says to Jacob later on, how old are you? And Jacob says, I'm 130 years old. The, the number of years, the years of my life, are few and bad. Jacob says it himself. Nachmanadi said, he, Jacob looks so old. He says, how old are you? I've never seen such an old person. Not as old as you think. I've had a terrible life. So Jacob has a suffering life. And part of it is Rebecca. So one way to read it is that the Torah here, the Torah in a sense is indirectly including Rivka here in Beit El, when he comes back to fulfill this vow, uh, to connect to God, to begin the, his work, which is to build God's, God's house on earth, Beit Elohim, so the Torah wants to include uh, uh, Rivka in this. But there's also a different way to read it, and that is, that Devorah Meneket Rivka, we remember back in chapter 24, that the family, after the servant was sent to find a wife for Yitzchak, and Rebecca is the one who passes the test that the servant sets up. And we remember that at the end of the story, the family then seems to want to renege. The family says to the servant, let's wait for a while, let's not send her right away. And the servant says, at the end of chapter 24, don't try to delay me. Let me fulfill my mission. And they say, let's ask, let's ask the young girl, the Nara, let's see what she says. Will you go with this man? And Rebecca says one word, I will go. So they sent Rebecca with the nurse. The main naked. The main naked in that story represents the family's attempt to maintain a connection. The main naked was sent because the family didn't want to let Rebecca go. Rebecca said, I will go, so they let her go. But Devorah main naked Rivka, there she's not given a name. But in the context of the original story, she was the connection of the family to Rebekah. And now the Torah says, when Jacob comes back to Betel, he has separated from, from Lavan. In chapter 31, they build the pile of stones. Jacob called it gal the pile that's a witness. I'm not going to cross to your side, you won't come to my side. And it's the separation from Lavan. And now, separation means separating from the house of Lavan, from Aram in every way. The po- even the positive things. Jacob has to establish his own identities, come fully back to the land. So here, in Beit El, the Torah says, Devorah dies and is buried in that place. And the place is a place of weeping because she was apparently uh, help- helpful in building the character of Rebecca, one of the great heroes of the book. 
By the same token, she represents that connection to the house of Lavan. And Yaakov has to sever all connections to Lavan. Even Devorim and Neked Rivka. Now she's buried in Beit El. So there's two different ways to look at it. I would say that from the other standpoint, going to Beit El and staying there and preparing for it and changing your clothing and purifying yourselves, all of that language is very reminiscent of how the Torah describes later on going to Mount Sinai at Har Sinai. Wash your clothing. There's a sense of preparation, of, 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 of purity. And what the Torah emphasizes throughout the Bible, actually, is that the Torah is not just the possession of a little clan. The Torah is a possession of the covenantal family, but it's also all those who want to join. The Torah emphasizes so many times about the stranger, about the ger, about the one who wants to become part of the community. At the end of the day, the Torah is a set of values, and those who want to commit to it are welcome. So it's interesting that in Beit El, the Torah goes out of its way to include Devorah. Devorah represents the person who accepts the values, who joins with the, this family, covenantal family. And since she joins with the covenantal family, the Torah goes out of its way to emphasize that Devorah dies and it's buried in that very place, in the place of Beit El. And they call the place the place of weeping. So it's interesting, coming back to this verse, there are two different ways to read it, which are very different, in a sense, perhaps even opposite. I actually believe they're both true. She both simultaneously represents a break from the past. And at the very same time, she represents the inclusion. When you build God's house, it's got to be a place of inclusion. All good people should be welcomed.